Ciao, I'm Alice Rosthorn, and I'm delighted to welcome you to Enzo Mare Costellazione, the Triennale Milano's podcast on one of the most fascinating, provocative and uncompromising designers of recent times, the late, great Italian designer and design activist Enzo Mare. There'll be six podcasts in the series, which is part of the Triennale's retrospective of Enzo Mare's work. Each podcast will feature a different designer, architect, writer or curator with a special interest in or engagement with Mari himself. And who better to start the series than my fellow collaborator in these podcasts and the exhibition's curator, the mighty Hans Ulrich Oberst. Hello, Hans Ulrich. Hi, dear Alice. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. All the better for hearing you. Now, I'm going to tell uh, the listeners a little bit about you. Hans Ulrich is unquestionably one of the most prolific, compelling and influential art curators of our time. He has a passionate interest in design and in particular in the work of Enzo Mari, who has been his friend and collaborator for many years. Born in Zurich, Switzerland, Hans Ulrich curated his first exhibition, given the self-explanatory title The Kitchen Show, because it was indeed held in his kitchen, featuring works by Fischli Weiss and Christian Boltan when he was a student in 1991. He's since curated well over 300 exhibitions and recorded several thousand hours of interviews with artists, designers, musicians, writers, philosophers, activists, mathematicians and anyone else who happens to intrigue him. He has topped Art Review's power list not once but twice and combines his role as artistic director of the Serpentine Galleries in London with advisory roles at the Luma Foundation in Arles and The Shed in New York. The New Yorker memorably described Hans Ulrich as the curator who never sleeps, although he does confess to five or six hours of sleep these days, always followed by a daily ritual. He's got lots of those. But one of the oldest and his favourites is reading 50 minutes of the work of the great Martican poet and philosopher Edouard Glissant, first thing every morning. So, Hans Ulrich, why did you decide to curate an exhibition of Enzo Mari's work? Um, yeah, thank you so much, Alice, for uh, for this introduction and such a pleasure and privilege to do this uh, to do this podcast uh, with you. Actually, in a way, it all began, I would say, about twenty years ago when I started to spend a lot of time in Italy. I already was in Italy as a teenager in the eighties and uh, um, visited artist studios around eighty six, eighty seven. Um, and one of the artists I visited then was Michelangelo Pistoletto. And um, he said, it's really unfortunate that I don't speak Italian because he would have such a better conversation with me if only I would learn Italian. So then I went back to Switzerland. I learned Italian. And a year later, you know, I visited him again. So it's really thanks to Pistoletto that um, that I learned the Italian language. And, uh, um, and that then led in the early 2000s to a professorship at UAF at the University in Venice, where I taught art and curatorial studies, and I would take the night train every second week from Paris, where I lived at the time, and where I was the curator at the Musée d'Art Moderne, and I would go for Thursday, Friday, every second week to teach in Venice. I would always stop on the way back for the weekend in Milano uh, and spend time there with uh, my friend Stefano Boeri. I would uh, very often actually stay in the guest room of the late Chini Boeri, who so sadly passed away, and whom we have to remember here, um, because very often Stefano's guest room was, was occupied, so he would arrange for me to stay in the magical apartment of his mother, the, the great architect, great designer, 
visionary uh, Gini Brueri. Uh, and so I started to spend time in Milano and meet this entire generation through Stefano Mendini, Magistretti, Sozzas, um, Gini Brueri, of course, Nanda Vigo, uh, Castiglioni, and also uh, Mangiarotti, and also Enzo Mari. And um, we started to do lots of conversations with them, and it was the beginning also of my design research, and I always used the methodology of, of conversations to learn, and so I would visit all these designers and spend hours and hours with them. And that's somehow the beginning, really, of a, a friendship with, with Enzo Mari. And ever since, I would say around 2000, 2001, when we started to spend time, I think it would be amazing to one day bring all the dimensions, the incredible creativity of, of this designer and artist and, and activist, uh, all these things at the same time, to bring all of this together. But of course, this needs a lot of space. And there was never really the space to, to do that. It's a show which would be far too big uh, for the Serpentine. It really needs thousands of, of, of square meters uh, because Mari's life is so prolific. Um, and so it's really only when Stefano became director and president of the Triennale, uh, and of course immediately thought of Mari and called me and said that if I would do the show, that this unrealized project somehow became, became realized. And of course it went also full circle because it all began with Stefano introducing me, uh, and Gini, of course, introducing me to these great you know, designers and introducing me to Enzo. And now, 20 years later, Stefano asking me to, to curate this show. And so could you talk us through the exhibition by describing um, what we'll find there? Yeah, the exhibition, of course, um, has a lot to do with politics also. Of course, Mari's connection to communism and the arts and crafts movement and how he always saw and sees design as inherently political, which makes him so relevant for a lot of young creators now. Um, and, and in a way, we wanted to address the many dimensions. And this exhibition is really um, very much about the many Maris. It's about Mari as an industrial designer, as a furniture designer, as an exhibition maker, as an artist, as a manifesto writer, as a polemicist who is also famous, last but not least, for as you know very well, Alice, for his rages against the, the design world and particularly the design industry. And so the idea really was somehow to, to bring these, it's a bit like in super string theory, you know, there's so many uh, dimensions and, and uh, it's to bring those together in an exhibition. We used an exhibition display. Um, Mari had still actually recommended to be used and sort of show all these different works, uh, also his artworks, of course, because he was also at the very beginning of his career, which is interesting, at the beginning of his trajectory, he, um, before actually shifting more and more into design, having studied originally art, he exhibited his artworks for several years, and he was also part of this group, associated artists who were somehow friends called Arte Programmata. Um, Getulio Alviani was also associated to that, and of course, the late uh, Nanda, Nanda Vigo. And his, his period as a visual artist, we wanted to also show in terms of the interdisciplinarity of the practice, even if his period as a visual artist was relatively short. Um, and so that's a chapter in the book. And then we really show all the furniture, the many different kind of design objects like vases, the calendars, the famous calendars, the books, the ceramics, as well as, well as of course, the games and the toys, because it's interesting generations of kids actually grew up with these games and toys um, and so designed. And I will always remember, Alice, the memorable evening in 2006 
we had with Enzo, with Julia Payton-Johns, with Rem Colas and with yourself, where you prompted Mari mainly at the dinner to talk about his, his games and it was a very special evening. It was a, a wonderful evening. And actually, the first time I, I met him, I mean, I met him a couple of times subsequently, but obviously an unforgettable experience, I think, for everyone. And um, a fascinating aspect of the exhibition is that you have invited artists and designers to present their interpretations of Mari and his work or their tributes to him in the exhibition. So can you tell us about that, who you chose and why, and what brief they were given? Yeah, so we wanted to um, basically show, um, of course, also the idea of the exhibition, because for Enzo, um, the exhibition as a medium played a very important role. He would often design uh, exhibitions for art institutions, such as the Cartier Foundation in Paris, um, where he designed several shows. But he would also design exhibitions for some of the design companies he worked for, uh, for these trade fairs, right, for these design fairs. And each time use those exhibitions as a kind of a pretext or context to actually develop new new display features. Um, and so we felt it would be interesting to reflect, you know, through artists also his interest in exhibitions and in exhibition making. And um, a lot of artists actually are inspired by, by him. And there is certainly the project artists mention most is uh, Autoprogettazione, uh, I never know what it's in English. I think it's self-design. How would you translate autoprogettazione? Self-design? Um, something like that, because, of course, it was um, sold in the form of both instructions as to how to make furniture and then exactly how people did it was left to the user or as a kit of parts that people could construct with very basic tools. In other words, it was a design template designed by Mari, which was then interpreted by whoever happened to pick it up. Yeah, that's a very beautiful way of describing it. And it sort of was born in the, in the, in the first half of the 70s. I think he had the idea and then in 74 presented it. Um, and it was, of course, also in line with his idea of the democratization of, of great design. He always was against his idea that design would be a luxury object. And a bit like um, Castiglioni, I remember always when I was in Castiglioni's studio, he gave me a light switch um, and basically said, you know, this light switch exists in millions of copies. It's great design. It's designed for everyone. And that's very much also a conviction of Enzo. And um, of course, with this DIY design, um, he, he could push that idea of democratization of design further. And uh, it's a book also, Autoprogettazione, uh, in as he told me, for him, it's an exercise to be carried out individually to actually improve one's personal understanding. And it's a book which um, was very influential also for my project Do It, which we did with Christian Boltanski and Bertrand Lavier in the early 90s, where we asked artists actually to do instructions for their works to be made and presented. And it's a project we revisited now in March, April, May this year with the Serpentine and ICI and Calder projects for, uh, and of course also Google, the Google Culture Institute during the lockdown, because it was a, a project which people could realize at home during the lockdown as they could actually realize Mari's Autoprogettazione, the self-design. It can be realizable anywhere and at any time. Um, and Mari, of course, was also part of this, of this Do It project in the 90s. It was one of our earliest um, collaborations. And in an interesting way, uh, the Autoprogettazione has inspired artists like Dan Vo, also Rick Vettier-Vanit, who are 
basically um, uh, revisiting it and uh, giving their interpretation of that. We also, uh, of course, have uh, projects by Dominique Gonzalez-Ferso and, um, and Tacita Dean, who both work with printed matter. Uh, Dominique has a sort of a takeaway, a leaflet in the exhibition with the homage to Enzo and Tacita did a postcard in tribute to, to Enzo. So it's really just artists also, in a way, showing how Enzo Mari uh, inspired them. Uh, Mimo Jodice, the photographer, will actually photograph his, his archive, Mari's archive, Mari's office, because we, um, we wanted originally to, to make the office of Enzo accessible during the show for smaller groups of visitors a bit like this marvelous Castiglione studio where one can actually visit, but it was premature to do so because of course it would be too fragile for people to, uh, to enter. And so as this is unrealized, we thought it would be nice to commission a photographer in this instance, the legendary Mimo Jorice to actually photograph the studio so that visitors of the show can see somehow how, how Mari worked. And uh, then of course also Dianita Singh will be involved. She will uh, at some point visit and, Focus also on the archive workshops by Adelita Husni Bey. Uh, the designer Dosi Kanu uh, revisits uh, Mari's design. Adrian Pachi works on a on a film. Barbara Stauffer Salomon is actually um, a legendary Swiss American American Swiss designer who invented super graphics. She, of course, the queen of super graphics. The queen of super graphics now. In uh, uh, I think in her late 80s, she's a true pioneer and she developed an amazing Mari logo of some sort. She developed really one of her super graphics as a wall drawing for, uh, for the show. And then um, uh, talking about the pioneer, we go from uh, Barbara Stauffer Solomon, of course, to Nanda Vigo. And that is so sad that she passed away this spring um, and... Um, and, and, and this, her last project is really this tribute, this homage to Enzo, because she created a room for the animals uh, to kind of reawaken Enzo's animals. Uh, and, um, uh, and that will be a very central part also of this, um, of this artist's uh, tribute. Well, in a wonderful way of remembering her, of course, because she was an extraordinary figure on the Milan cultural scene. So um, the animals sounds like a, a gorgeous tribute to, to both of them. And in your planning for the exhibition, um, how did the knowledge that Mari has forbidden his archive to be exhibited in public for 40 years after his death influence your plans? I mean, it gave the show a certain urgency because, of course, it will in this sense be the last show before then the archive will be frozen according to his to his will. And I must also say that the show is really a, a collaboration with many people, foremost, of course, with Enzo, um, with whom I had so many conversations. We also published them in a book and the, the, the full set of conversations will be actually part of the catalog alongside all these different tributes also from artists and designers, from Martino Campo, from um, Jasper Morrison, from yourself, uh, from Paolo Antonelli. Many designers, design critics, artists write in this very polyphonic catalogue. We give the voice to answer through the interviews. But of course, it's, 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 it's also Lea Vergine, who has played a central role, the legendary, extraordinary curator and, uh, uh, and art critic and partner of Enzo, who accompanied the show from the beginning, 
Stefano, of course, is at the beginning of everything. Stefano has always been the great champion of um, of Enzo, has introduced me to Enzo, has introduced many other people to Enzo, has always defended Enzo's work. Also at the moment when less people you know, looked at it, Lorenzo Baroncelli, um, uh, with whom we already did the Swiss Pavilion uh, dedicated to Cedric Price and Lucius Burkhardt. So it's a continuation also of this, you know, paying tribute to a, to a pioneer, the idea of what Eric Hobsbawm said, the protest against forgetting. I mean, we live in an age of a lot of information, of an exponentially growing information society, but that does not necessarily mean that we also have more memory. Amnesia is maybe somewhere at the core of this information society. And then, of course, Francesca Giacomelli, um, who from the scientific side, you know, also from the Mari archive side, has been from the beginning the co-curator and without whom the exhibition would not have happened. So um, she played a very central role, but also Dimitri Bruni, Malue Krebs. I mean, it's, an, it's a total teamwork. And as, you know, to come back to your question, that we all, all of us together in this team, felt a great sense of urgency to actually uh, show Mari's work, always fearing that he might change his mind, you know, and actually <laughs> all, of sudden, all of a sudden cancel the show, given the fact that he uh, very often was skeptical also of this idea of actually showing. And uh, and I think one of the things which, why, and that goes maybe back also from that question to your very first question, why Enzo Mari now, I think it's it's very relevant for the current moment. I mean, Elizabeth Colbert says we live in the age of mass extinction, the sixth age of mass extinction, something our dear friend Gustav Metzger, of course, was always saying. He always said we have to fight extinction. Of course, in terms of design, we have at the moment at the Serpentine the exhibition of Farmer Phantasma, who uh, have been, uh, of course, designers you have uh, written about from the very beginning and whom I actually met, thanks to you, Alice, and uh, Farmer Phantasma, did this exhibition in, in, in London, uh, curated by Rebecca Lewin, where at the Serpentine, they really use timber and, and, and analyze timber uh, and show actually, uh, you know, many different aspects of timber. And it goes beyond the time frame of this short podcast to talk about this form of Phantasma show. It would be a podcast for itself. But there is one aspect in the show which is deeply related to Mari. And of course, Form of Phantasma, I've been very inspired by Mari. Um, and it's, it's, it's so relevant in terms of sustainability. It's not only the democratization, which I think a lot of young artists and designers like, but also the sustainability, because of course, he's a role model in terms of lasting. And, and, and Mario Merz, the Arte Povera artist, once told me when I met him, the same time I actually met Pistoletto when I was a teenager, and he said, Mario Merz said, it's hard to last. And that's certainly a, a true sentence for all art forms. It's hard to last. And, and, and Mari has been unbelievably good at it because the, the works are not dated. He's really a role model. The objects are made to last for good. Uh, it's designed that's there to stay. It's the, really against this idea of, you know, an Ikea chair, of, of a disposable object, which is, of course, a, as Farmer Phantasma show in their exhibition, a waste of resources. They show that an Ikea chair would have to be around for 80, 90 years to be responsibly using resources, which of course it isn't. And and, and, and in a way, uh, Mari, of course, was always for this sustainability, for this for this lasting, but also his passion for transformation, because form is everything for him. Uh, he wants to create through these forms models for a different society. And I was actually thinking about Enzo a lot also when I read my favorite book of this summer, which is the new book of Roman Kaczarnik, who is an extraordinary author. And he wrote a book called The Good 
answer stuff. And it's very much about how to think long-term in a short-term world, which of course is the way, as he writes, to, to fight extinction. And, and, and also how can we actually be good ancestors uh, and how can we, in a way, think long. And there is deep time humility, the idea of actually seeing you know, humankind as an eyebling in cosmic history. And I think that is something very interesting in relation to Mari, a legacy mindset, uh, the intergenerational justice, basically, a cathedral thinking, the art of also planning into the distant future, um, holistic forecasting, sort of long-term pathways for civilization, and last but not least, a transcendent goal. And I think a lot of that is covered by Mari. And we can maybe also read these 40 years where he doesn't you know, want to show his work in the context of such uh, long-term thinking and distant future, because what are 40 years in relation to cosmic time? <laughs> what a brilliant way to end an extraordinary passage. I mean, you, you've already alluded to the fact that there's been a significant resurgence of interest in Mari in recent years. I mean, is it solely because young designers and design activists are much more aligned with his thinking on the climate emergency his distaste for consumerism, the focus on economy, resilience of the individual and resilience of the the object, or are there other underlying factors too? I mean, I think the many dimensions, it's a really interesting question, Alice, and I think the many dimensions of Mari allow each generation, you know, to pick out different things and and and, and revisit. It's it's in that sense inexhaustible. It's 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 one of like these great earths, these great works where, you know, and hopefully also in the future, generations of artists and designers um, will, will be inspired. And I think these valuable insights, I mean, it's interesting because at the Serpentine, we invite regularly designers to take over the space and actually think about a design exhibition as a medium, a series which has a lot to do with our dialogue with you, Alice, and, 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 and you, you also very early on when I moved to London in 2006, um, telling us, you know, how urgent you think it is that besides art and architecture, design is brought into institutions and also that designers are actually, you know, thinking about exhibitions as a medium, as artists do, as architects do, which is why we started to invite designers to do this carte blanche and think an experiment, right, with this idea of a show. And Konstantin Gritschich, of course, did it, uh, was the first one to do it, and he looked at all these different uh, design objects and, and in a way... Show, showed us also through a sort of a digital dimension where they came from. It was also about the time of all these objects. And then Martino Gampa, of course, where it was more about different collections. And then last but not least, Forma Fantasma. And the other day I was wondering, you know, what do these three shows have in common? And hopefully there are going to be many more in the future, these three design shows at the Serpentine. What they have in common is that all three designers, and I mean, they are very different practices, Gertrude, Gamper, Forma Fantasma, different generations, different practices. They all share a deep admiration for Mari. So it's interesting <laughs> that so many people can pick out, you know, different things. And I think one of the things which maybe fascinates all of them, you know, there are different reasons why they're interested in Mari. But one, one of the things is maybe Mari gives us the key himself because he once told me, look out the window. And if everything you see outside is beautiful and right and you approve, there's nothing left to design. If there's something that makes you want to choke the design and the commissioner with your own bare hands, something that horrifies you, that's the reason 
for a project. End of quote. And I think, you know, this idea that design and transformation comes from need and that there is also something very humble about the idea of creating is, I think, what inspires all these designers about, about Enzo and that it's only then that it's worthwhile to design an object. Indeed, and it's interesting that I think it's probably one of the common misconceptions of design is that so often great design comes from a sort of noble, heroic vision, when actually there are many other designers who have articulated exactly what he said to you, and it's actually the faults and flaws of design and the fact that the vast majority of design is deeply mediocre and most of the rest is downright bad and only a tiny bit of it is actually of value and it's that that spurs them on. But he, I think, of his generation was very honest in engaging with that sort of nihilism um, to an extent that his peers possibly weren't. But I'd also like to touch on whether he has been directly influential on your work because, of course, one of his great accomplishments was his exhibition design, which he did for Danese, his loyalist and um, most em- empathic client, and also in the institutions where his own work was shown and in other contexts. I mean, he is a truly extraordinary exhibition maker, and I'd be very interested to hear your assessment of this aspect of his work and whether it's an, it has influenced your work as a curator and exhibition maker. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it, it has inspired the Do It exhibition, which is um, has now happened in 165 cities, and there has never been a moment since 1991 when we started it that the Do It exhibition has not taken place. There has always been a Do It version somewhere, and um, it's in that sense a very self-organized kind of system which keeps growing, and it always involves you know local research, local artists are joining wherever it goes. So it's a growing archive. And that project has been very deeply inspired by the Autoprogettazione. So that would be a direct influence. But actually also one of my unrealized projects is has, has a lot to do with Mario. Because I've always had this dream of, because I ca- cannot live with books, and I always love to share books with friends and people and give books to people. And so I was always dreaming of having a mobile library, uh, this idea of, of a library which could go to places. And of course, Mari it is extraordinary mobile library, I think, for Bompiani, um, which at some point actually, it's unfortunately again an unrealized project in Milan because I wanted to, to realize it for, for the exhibition, but there weren't enough drawings and it's actually was difficult and uh, we came to the conclusion that it cannot be made. But that would have been a dream, you know, to have the mobile library of Enzo going to places in Milan during the, uh, during the exhibition. But we are happy that we're going to have Enzo Mari tramways in Milano during the show. Um, the Swiss designer Norm, former designing the, the catalog and uh, form, uh, also developing the, the posters uh, for the exhibition. And we definitely are going to have many different covers because it, there are too many good po- possibilities for covers with Enzo. So I thought it would be nice that we have six or seven covers and then pe- people can choose which cover, they, which catalog they want to buy. So we're going to have the Apple, we're gonna have the Panther. We're gonna have the um, we're gonna have the Hammer on Sichel. Uh, we're gonna have many different versions of, of his uh, iconic designs, and, and people can choose. 
Wonderful. Now we have a few more minutes and in this series we're asking everyone to identify three projects of Enzo Mari's that are particularly inspiring for them. So what are your three? The mobile library, of course, may well be one of them. Yeah, the mobile library, uh, the uh, autoprogettazione. Yeah, I think the idea of knowledge production and as he, as he always said, I mean, I think it's interesting that he he always wanted to uh, he wanted design to to kind of produce knowledge uh, something he also um, really talked a lot about in in, uh, in you know in the conversations and and I think with the autoprojettazione it was not only the idea of, of democratization of great design which as you say people before him have done and it's very historic avant-garde in the early 20th century I mean was there and also Moholinaj. I mean, Rietfeld, of course, as you mentioned, but also Moholinaj did artworks in the 1930s by using the telephone, famously. You know, he would give the instructions mm-hmm. for the telephone. So we can say, you know, the neo avant garde of the 60s and 70s, in that sense, revisited that idea of democratization of art and design from the historic avant garde of the 20th century. But I think what is striking about the autoprojettazione is. Um, is this idea of, of, of knowledge production that he really wanted them to be carried out individually to improve one's personal understanding. So it was almost like a school, a DIY school of, of design. And I think that makes it, uh, makes it very, uh, makes it very special. And then uh, the third one, what would be the third one? Uh, the autoprogettazione. So the, fir- the first one is the autoprogettazione. The second one would be the mobile uh, library. And I think the third one will, will probably be the calendar because I live with it every day. <laughs> like your Edward Glisson readings. Exactly. Uh, well, Hans Ulrich, thank you so much. I can't wait to see the Mari exhibition. And it's what's so exciting to know that this huge, generous, extensive and eclectic um, tribute to his work will be seen by so many people. It's an exhibition that we've needed for a very, very long time. And it's wonderful that you have put so much time, energy and spirit into it, as have all your other collaborators. So thank you so much and ciao, ciao. Thank you. Ciao.